0: My name's Kane Wallstrom. I'm Issa Nasiwa. Today we're doing things a bit different. I know, uh, Isa, you're wanting to, I suppose, change things up um, for all the professional athletes that you help in service and provide advice for. So I'm going to pass this over to you for a bit of a, uh, a different type of intro. Cheers, Kane.
1: Yeah, I suppose this is directed specifically at professional sports people and professional rugby players in particular, um, based all around the world. And, you know, why Why am I doing this? I guess, for me, I've found a real calling in helping out rugby players from all walks of life. Um, in my short time as a registered financial advisor, um, I've added a huge amount of value to... Uh, Um, a lot of current sports people and retired sports people out there and rugby players in particular and to be honest I haven't actually revisited um, the rugby space on the Beyond the Field podcast uh, for a long time so this is specifically targeted at rugby players um, professional rugby players past players and the likes and
0: and I suppose that could spill over to other sports as well
1: yeah absolutely this is all all professional sports really um, is why it resonates and you know I've always wanted this to be a pretty straight-up practical, um, piece of advice and education to help people get ahead. It's not financial jargon. It's not complicated. It's specifically aimed on, you know, adding value to um, professional sports people and their families, really. Um, these This next four episodes are going to cover... Um, you know professional rugby players who are we um, what do we do then I'll look into retirement and tr- transition and how to how to help prepare for that um, then I'll do an episode targeted specifically at New Zealand based players um, and then fourth episode will be targeted at offshore players um, and professional people overseas because there's a big difference in what they can all do but I will reinforce this is practical this is you know, straightforward advice and uh, will add value to all that are listening.
0: Awesome. Let's get straight into it then. Who are the rugby players?
1: Look, I think there's, you you read in the media, I think all the really good positive stories about professional rugby players earning huge coin um, here in New Zealand and then cashing up and going overseas. I think what I really want to get across to rugby players in particular is One size does not fit all, and we are all different. And I'm talking, you know, there's the schoolboy star that blossomed through school and is walking out of school onto a a big contract straight away. It's very few and far between. There's the club player and the grafter. There's guys out there on Mighty 10 Cup contracts. There's guys out there on first-year Super Rugby contracts. Then you... would fall into a category you know of being tiered on your income in New Zealand for you know four years plus and a few incentives um, not everyone's an all black and a large majority of the professional rugby world are not all blacks um, then even within the all black realm you've got the senior all blacks and guys that have been there for a good while they're on huge income um, so everyone is very very different and you know one of the biggest learnings of Learned from uh, discussing things with you know rugby players all around the world is don't compare your shit to the guy in the changing room next to you mm. because you're in a completely different position. Some guys have kids, some guys have you know a Pacific Island descent and have um, a lot of family leaning on them. Um, some guys have got good advice you know not not everyone out there has had poor advice along the way some guys are lucky enough to have some good advice Um, you've got farming families people that have come from private school backgrounds uh, public school backgrounds you've got you know guys that are signing huge offshore um, rugby contracts on big bucks and then you've got guys that are earning no more than they would have um, playing rugby in New Zealand so you know there's There's big differences um, which I've found first and foremost but throughout all of that I've found that rugby players still need a lot of education um, in the finance space and property space and I was no different because I've sort of lived all that, Um, hence this is why I really enjoy helping people.
0: If you strip it right back to probably what you mentioned earlier, you have the schoolboy star which may sign a full contract at school knowing the first year he's out of school. They've signed ITM itm Cup and Super, so they could be on 100k plus, right? Compared to the club grafter who finishes school with no contract, has to play club rugby to go through the motions, potentially get a contract, and that person may be studying or working minimum wage to get to where they need to be. So straight away, what you were saying earlier, you can't, um i suppose compare your situation with the person next to you because that could be a 100 to 150k difference from day 1 as a 19 year old
1: oh believe me that's it's so accurate i remember sitting through pd sessions with the finance talk around you know the reality was it did not You know, ring bells in my head because it was completely irrelevant. Although you're talking to people on sort of 200, 300 grand. And, you know, there's people often sitting in these uh, sessions that, you know, require advice, but none of it's personalized. Um, A lot of it's quite standard and across the board. But the differences in, um, what people earn and people's you know living conditions um, you know the influences around them have a massive impact on what type of advice they should get.
0: The problem we see all the time generalized is that um, a lot of people try to be someone they're not and you know um, you might be comparing yourself to a pair who's like I said on top of their game and a huge money whatever it may be that person's going out buying big houses flash cars but they might have the disposable income to do that Whereas the other person trying to compare themselves to that is not at that stage, but might be going into debt to do so and look great. And from day one... They're starting behind the eight ball.
1: Oh, there's a massive, there's a massive ego that goes along with um, a lot of this, and if you've if you've unfortunately got that, or you know, if you're trying to live a champagne lifestyle on a beer budget, it's just going to catch up with you, and and you're just not going to get ahead really. And you know, from what I've learned from the educational side and the finance side and the banking side through all of this, is everything is put under a microscope, and everyone's situation is you know, significantly different to the person you're sitting next to. And, you know, unfortunately, like, changing rooms are pretty catty at times and everyone just sort of, sort of compares to the person next to them where, you know, the reality is um, very different and very stark, the differences um, when you're comparing guys
0: in the changing room. So the influence in the changing room is real? And is quite bad.
1: Yeah, it's real. It's real. Sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be really good when, you know, you've got older heads that are sort of pushing on younger guys to, you know, at least seek financial advice or, you know, ask some questions or get into the housing market earlier or understand finances earlier. They're all the positive influences. And I think everyone would have had one or two along the way. But then, you know, there's often a lot of egos in changing rooms that, um, it's all about comparing and seeing who's driving in with the the newest car or the nicest flash mags um, all this sort of stuff and you know it's really unhealthy um, uh, from a finance point of view when you're really trying to help someone out but you know just don't compare your shit to the guy next to you and um, it's just not going to help you get ahead
0: the big thing we always talk about is financial education and there should be a lot more financial education or literacy provided at school level for anybody not just an athlete and if you are able to obtain some type of financial advice at a young age, it can be quite impressionable on you moving forward. And what I mean by this is that understanding what a credit card is, understanding what you should, how much you should save of your income you earn, understanding what car, car finance does and um, what the interest components are and what the terms are, understanding personal loans, all this kind of stuff, a budget. Yeah, it's It's not
1: really there. It's not there that's the reality it's not in schools um, first and foremost probably one of the biggest issues but you come out of school um, guys get a credit card because maybe their a- agent have put them on to a bank manager um, you hook her up with a credit card don't understand how it works don't understand how to pay it off each month don't know how to set a budget uh, the reality is you know when I'm sitting down with you know first time super rugby players they're getting paid uh, significant coin and just don't know how to manage it really mm. and just get to the end of each month and don't have any savings haven't put anything away um, um, probably already getting into debt. Uh, car finances is a big thing you see with young guys. And look, you know, I'd definitely be from the realm of some guys have to make those mistakes. Um, yeah. Some guys have to buy a car for fifty grand. It's probably costing them a thousand bucks a month. Um, pretty cool rolling into training and in that for a couple of months, and then the novelty wears off, and then they understand later down the track um, what they've really got themselves into. But you know, a thousand bucks a month for a car over five, four years is is pretty damn significant. So. All of these are sometimes learnings guys have to go through. Um,
0: You just hope they don't really make that mistake twice. So you've been there, done that, through this um, professional landscape. When it comes to finance, what does a rugby player and athlete do?
1: Look, I think, having gone through it, I think you you don't really go out of your way to figure things out often things are forced on you like um you know the odd pd session or sitting down for a finance talk if you're or so if that's you're part professional of a development professional development you know we've all sat through it um what do these look like um look the reality is um some are getting better but the reality um a lot of them aren't usually you have to give up you know the, some say give up the reality is it's part of your schedule but if you're in part of professional development you've got the finance talk um someone will come in usually in a suit and a tie from a bank um they'll bring in a powerpoint and you know you're probably sitting there going i wonder how to get out of here as quick as possible um you're probably thought of everything from excuse of having a massage or 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 something else to try and get out of the session um But you're usually forced to sit there. Sometimes guys are given the option if you've been there for more than four years and usually they're the first ones that aren't there. Um, I probably tried to do that once or twice. But they're not tailored. They're often banks coming in and presenting their products to you at the end of the day and at the time you think that's financial advice. Um, So... Often when they're forced upon, you're not taking any notice. Um, none of it's really tailored or individualised to you. So, you know, after you've finished that session, you're sort of out the doors as quick as possible and off to get your sushi or your coffee fix. So, yeah, it's there's very limited education in the rugby space and that's sort of what I'm really trying to do to change.
0: Because if you have a banker come talk to you, um, like you've just mentioned, there's no personalised situations or advice that's put on the table. It's very generic if a lawyer stands up in front and says you know the legality around owning stuff and conveyance and all this a lot of this some of these boys and girls it will just fly straight over their head and there'll be no relevance to it and like you said They can't wait to get out that door because it's a tick box for them.
1: Yeah, it's a tick box. But the reality is I didn't understand half the shit anyway. Like that's, I think one of the other sides to it is, one, you probably didn't want to be there because you're hungry. Um, The other is it was so complicated or just at a different level than actually speaking to someone on their level and talking to them like they're a human being. I Mm. think that's that has a massive part to play in all this because when there's someone standing up, you know, reality is not many of us like being in front of a classroom and when it's sh- spaced as a classroom and shaped like a classroom environment, the reality is you're not going to get that much impact out of it. So once again, these are the barriers you sort of need to break them down um, from professional rugby
0: players and, and sports people alike. So what you're mentioning, shyness plays a big part. You're not wanting to ask a question in front of a player. Your peers if it's made to sound funny and secondly if a banker a lawyer or someone with a suit and tie on that's standing up in front of you and you're a young man or or young female in this environment you're thinking shit the same for me this is for the all black next to me or or whoever it may be you know someone that's a high income earner but we know the reality is it starts from day one on one dollar or $200,000.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, understanding the value of money is is huge. Um, And often, you know, there's a lot of influences out there. But, you know, good quality advice should apply and be available to everyone. Not just the big dogs, not just the big contract earners, but everyone. And, you know, I think my challenge to the guys that have been earning huge income and probably think they are in a really, really, really good position, I challenge them to question themselves, is this the right setup? And is this going to be the right thing for me come uh, transition which we'll talk about in time.
0: We see a lot in general talk people think they're in a real good situation and they've got there by chance. They actually don't know how they might have owned four or five properties or have a million dollars cash in the bank purely by luck and not seeking advice or or, um, any type of uh, expertise. It's purely gone from luck and just held on something for a period of time. So from that, Isa, why do you want to help or portray what do you want to get across to these individuals yep
1: I just want to get across that everyone deserves the chance and opportunity to have financial education and advice you know not just the lucky lucky few that should be everyone should have the ability to access it um, everyone should be comfortable in asking questions and you know I I I was from the realm of, you know, I got a little bit lucky um, and then got a little bit of structure towards the end of my career. I wish I knew what I knew earlier. And that's what I'm trying to get across to guys that, you know... You might be happy with the position you're in, you might not be, but you all deserve the chance to sit down with someone, be spoken to like a person and get good quality advice. Whether you act on it or not is your decision at the end of the day, but you should have that access and that availability of advice and
0: good quality advice too. Actually hey, so you've been through this yourself, so obviously this is quite raw and real Uh, in terms of what you're talking about but from what I heard if I'm recapping this um, quick session we just did you're saying no matter if you're a schoolboy star a club grafter an all black a super player whatever it may be anyone can get ahead with a bit of financial help and structured advice that's personalised to you and not just generic tick boxing
1: absolutely that's it in a nutshell and I think one of the hardest things for any rugby player to do is ask for help it's just not in our DNA. Um, it's spoken about but not really acted upon. Um, I've had good friends um, that I played alongside get in touch with me in the last two years. Um, I've had new first-time rugby players get in touch with me, and the hardest thing they did was ask for the help. Um, the reality is everything just follows a process after that, but if you can just find the courage to ask for help and reach out and drop someone a WhatsApp or a message or a Facebook message um I'll be always willing to answer that call and we'll try and add value in some way.
0: And I know, Isa, from this, just to round things off, you're quite keen for some real engagement from people. So listeners out there, if any of this does, I suppose, um, uh, you think of yourself or or it appeals to you or you have questions, please drop Issa a private message um, on on Facebook or um, for his email. We don't have to disclose names, and I'm pretty sure he'll be more than happy to generically answer questions on the back end of these um, mini series to really help people out there to, to understand more.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on this episode and hundreds more, you can visit us at Beyond the Field Podcast on all social platforms.
0: Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Now it's your turn to take control and build your empire beyond your field.